0: Hi and thanks for watching Youth Talk, a podcast run by Baptist Youth where in each episode we take a different topic and get a bunch of tips from someone directly involved in youth ministry. In today's episode we're joined by Phil Howe who works for Scripture Union Northern Ireland and Phil's going to be sharing on the topic teaching the Bible to young people. Recordings of each episode of Youth Talk can be found on YouTube, CastBox or iTunes or they can be accessed through our social media accounts. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to episode three of Youth Talk. We're delighted to have Mr. Phil High with us today. Phil, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Phil, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. So yeah, my name's uh, Phil High. I have
1: one wife, uh, Lindsay, two boys, Ollie who's six and Theo who's four. And probably three main hobbies, love watching a good box set or... There's a the police. Oh, sorry. police sorry. Sorry. Um, watching a good box set or sporting fixture. Love just trying to think, listening to a good podcast or reading a good book, uh, and of course just spend time with friends and family. Um, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian since around the age of 11 or 12 and it used to really bug me that I didn't have like that specific date. It's oh, you know. another Irish thing. I think, I think we love the we love the Paul conversion story, you know, mm-hmm. kind of road to Damascus, boom, um, everything's changed. You Whereas,
0: have one of them, no? No,
1: sorry. I, <laughs> I, th- I think it's actually, whenever someone pointed out to me one time about kind of Peter's journey, so kind of Mark 8, turning point, who do you say that I am? He says, mm-hmm. y- you know, I think you're the Christ. And the very next moment he's like, Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. You know, he still, he doesn't get it, but he gets it. Yeah. And so there's a journey it, and I feel that that's kind of been my story. I feel like it kind of, at the time, it didn't feel like much change, but I love the C.S. Lewis quote. It says, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Yeah. Um, and and part of my journey has just been a love for the Bible. Um, it's a joy to know that we have a speaking God. He's not a God who's dumb or mute or uh, trying to keep us in the dark, but he's a God who wants to be known. He's revealed himself actually in such a way that... That we can get stuck into it and people can say oh well it's actually it's a really it's a really big book it's you know it's quite boring and mm. but actually whenever it comes to to trying to find out about the god of the cosmos surely there's a lot more mm. <laughs> that could be said but he has revealed himself and what we need to know and so and just thankfully he's given us this one big story all one purpose all one reason to make us wise for salvation in christ so i love opening the bible i love grappling with it for myself uh, and part of my journey is that uh, yes i kind of went to church in BB and uh, when the carrot Grammar ended up in Strammiles, I thought I was going to be a PE teacher. Might not look like it now. Um, and then, shop it. <laughs> Yeah, shop it. yeah, yeah. Uh, But then I ended up afterwards actually getting an apprenticeship in a church in Jordanstown. Uh, did that for a couple of years and then moved to work with students with Ivy's Ireland, which is now
0: Christian Union's Ireland, uh, and then came to work for Scripture Union. Brilliant. So... Tell, tell us a little bit about Scripture Union, what does Scripps Union do? Most of people will know what Scripture Union do, but what does Scripps Union do, and uh, tell us a little bit about your role in Scripture Union.
1: Yeah, so um, SU's been going for 150 years, hence this fancy number behind us, if you can see it. Um, and the whole point is to make God's good news known uh, to children, young people and families. So we do that through a couple of specific ministries in Northern Ireland. One, uh, schools, um, through our local schools, work called A3, and then also through camps and missions, and also through a resource centre, and there's a new department now, which is training and resources. So um, what, I, what I love about SU is that it doesn't stay still. It's... Uh, it's dynamic. It's, uh, it's a ministry that knows that it. it's not about maintenance, it's about mission. So it's always kind of pushing forward in that way. So for me, whenever I first started, I was the secondary schools worker. And then that uh, transformed into the post primary schools coordinator. Sounds more fancy, it does it? And it gets more fancy again because <laughs> uh, since September past, uh, my role has been uh, training and resources manager. Yep. So as soon as you say manager, it seems that uh, that's grew a bit of gravitas, yeah. Um, so, it's a new department. We're just trying to think more strategically about like how do we train, how do we resource those that are involved in children's and, and youth ministry, particularly in the spheres of schools ministry and camps and missions. So, whether that be actually trying to train pupil leaders to to serve alongside their teachers in schools, whether it be helping to train our volunteers to serve in the summer, whether it be trying to resource churches to, like how do they empower their church to see the importance of schools ministry because it's such a, a hub of the local community. Uh, or whether it be actually just resourcing um, pupils to, to live for God at school. So we've got a, a resource that we released called Shine, um, trying to allow people to like equip them to live for God at school, but also for those who want to explore the Christian faith for themselves. So shininaskills.com, check it out. Um, <laughs> but in that, then there's our, our intern program, uh, getting to work alongside such legends as yourself, working alongside interns together and um, providing general training for interns across Northern Ireland. And so... Partnership in the gospel is a privilege. It's something we work, be worked at, but it's something that's part of my role as well, which is great. There's loads of other aspects kind of in there. So we've got our own podcast description of the Ireland podcast we kinda, we came up with a name and thought no one else is going to have that name so that's, <laughs> that's, that's true, a good that's thing true. yeah um, now we are only on our website and on iTunes we don't have like right. cast
0: box and all this
1: fancy okay. stuff like you guys yeah. you've yes. got a bit of work to do then yeah, so. it's
0: a bit embarrassing you haven't invited me onto it either but oh, I'm not, I'm not better yeah. yeah. we're, we're still working progress um, race, we can fill on. Um, I know thanks um,
1: and then just <laughs> yeah. everything that SU yeah. involves it's a, it's a big team um, so trying to
0: be part of team life as well brilliant and the last week's episode we heard Steve talk a little bit about how SU's benefited him and look church so make sure you check that out as well. Um, Today's episode we're talking about delivering youth talks that's obviously something which has been a big part of your job and part of your work in youth ministry. Out of interest do you remember your first ever youth talk that you ever gave and how did it go? (laughs) Uh,
1: I do and I'm really glad that you sent these questions beforehand for me to think about (laughs) and uh, I laugh because I think I was hilarious back then Mm. but I'm slightly embarrassed because it was probably slightly inappropriate so uh, the talk, it was uh, in our church YF, um, the passage that I was given was Romans 3, 21 to 26, mm-hmm. and it starts with, but now, so I called it the big but, okay. and uh, <laughs> so I was so funny, um, yeah. and it just shows you God is gracious that I was allowed to speak again, um, uh, but I was really nervous, I was really surprised actually just to be given the opportunity, again it's different isn't it whenever you have to speak in front of your peers and those that you have um, that you go along to YF with, but, I'm just really thankful that uh, I had the, the courage to, to take it on but also I was just really encouraged at the time on the night but also being given feedback afterwards a so really good counsel afterwards of things that I can improve on uh, and that's actually been a big part
0: of my speaking journey just the importance of feedback yeah so. brilliant so as we think about youth talks uh, why don't you give us some of your key convictions um, about what a good youth talk entails given from where you've come from that very first youth talk um, throughout the years of learning what a good youth talk is and uh, what are some of your key convictions? The first thing to say is it's, it's not about me Um
1: like the whole point is to make people wise for salvation in, in Christ and one of the difficulties of youth talk if I'm honest is to the, the people want to be like like right now I know that we're filming this so I'm like I really hope people like <laughs> is this the right angle? Is this like yeah. you, you want people to, to engage with you but you don't want to do that just it's not about you it's about God and pointing people to him so um, you know, I really loved the bit of feedback. Actually, that I I got a I spoken event called LiveWire, which is in part of New Horizons. So if you're an older teen, head along to that's brilliant. Um, but afterwards, one of the leaders it might have come across like a dig to some people, but I actually I appreciated it. It was you know you weren't trying to win them over by trying to be like them. You were just trying to be yourself, and I think that's an important uh, an important part. Um, because not about me. And I think especially as I get older, that that hits me. So I turned thirty four in May. I know, and so Len's my wife will tell me that. Um, you do know that now you're like three times the age of some of <laughs> the guys you speak to, which is crushing. So if I work with teens 11 to 18, yeah, three, for, three times the age, two times the age for others. So um, yeah, I need to realise it's not about me. And I love the story. There's a story of uh, guys who go over, they're checking out a couple of different churches, one in the morning, one at night time. So they go to uh, one in the morning and they come out and they're like, that talk was great. Like the speaker was brilliant, wasn't he? The speaker was great. And then they go to a service at night time and they all come out and they say, God's brilliant, isn't he? Mm-hmm. God's great. And you want to be that latter person, don't you? Where it's not just about, oh, they're, they're a good communicator, but actually yeah. you're pointing people to the awe and into worship of God. So um, it's not about me, it's probably the first yeah. uh, conviction. Um, the second is the Bible central. It's probably a pretty obvious one, but I think it's something that you can't assume. But one of the reasons why I love working for Scripture Union is the Scripture's in the name. So well, I'd like to think that people assume <laughs> um, that Scripture's there, it might not be mm-hmm. the coolest name, like Baptist Youth, you know, B-Y, and all B-Y. that sort of stuff, right? Um, that's where everything flows from um so growing up and even in my own experiences it kind of there seems to be this kind of battle between bible and fun so mm. um bible versus fun like if we can get through the fun bit and get them up to the bit where we can share for five minutes mm. and and actually i think that's the wrong way of thinking about it you know it's not it's not like a journey and you're trying to drudge through shouting at teenagers plodding along and then finally get to the promised land ahead actually it's the Bible is the fountain from which everything that you're going to do in your program flows from and, and that includes the talk so fun is part of it but how does it how does it link, how does it all link together um, rather than just choosing like a random game to pass time um, <laughs> and then time, honour time so honour the time that you've been given in my role uh, going into a school setting you walk in and all of a sudden you think that you've had, you have 25 minutes and all of a sudden that's cut to 15 and um, that's probably a bit of a unique experience but for me it's about knowing what it is you want to say mm. uh, but also knowing what you could drop yeah. Um you know trying to be flexible with that but equally you could be speaking at part of something and the talk is part of the program it's not you know it's not like well they've got matt campbell in to speak and so he's going to swan in and well you probably will swan and smash it but <laughs> um but you want to honor the rest of the program you want to honor the preparation that the people who have run the or organized the event have, have put in so for me actually uh, this is a bit rare but i prepare on microsoft words I use Cambria font, I use size 16. And by doing that, I actually know that it probably takes me a minute and 45 seconds to get through a page, okay. maximum two minutes. So I know if I have to do a 20, 20 minute talk, I have to do 10 pages. Mm. Now, if I if I have to include things like a video or an interactive part, I need to factor that in, but yeah. um, just trying to honor the time. So I think that's helpful for me to, to get. Um, now in saying all of that, like our heart should be to, to strive to let people hear God. And so um, if, someone listen to this, if you're organizing an event, like the whole aim of the night needs to be geared towards that aim. Mm. Um, I mean, you think about the, the time that young people spend on social media. So, um, off released release stats in January, and the show that the people aged 12 to 18 can spend over 20 hours a week online, uh, 13 hours watching TV, over 13 hours gaming. And yeah, there's something about us that kind of shies away from maybe the one or two hours that we have mm. um, in the week with young people. We want to immerse them in the Bible. We want to let them hear God. Um, like I said, it's the least we should be doing for the glory of God and the good of all people. Um, Another conviction, I'm just going to keep going here, really? I'll keep rambling, keep, tell keep, you keep of that. It's fine. <laughs> um, but would be that you need to execute the text, you need to execute the audience as much as execute the text, so you need to understand who you're speaking to as well as understanding mm-hmm. the text, so um, <clears> John Stodd famously once said you need to have a, a bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, mm-hmm. we might not use a newspaper now but social media or whatever, we need to know what's going on in the culture to be able to, to link in, um, mm-hmm. and so for me, In my role, it's not necessarily that I'm going into situations where I have that relationship built up, so I need to be really aware of asking those questions like, okay, what's going on in the situation? What do I need to be aware of so that I'm able to connect in if there's a a bigger issue on hand? Um, And I once heard a really helpful line um that speaking or preaching is is truth through personality mm. It's truth through personality so we need to know ourselves we need to find our own voice that comes with time that comes with experience that comes with feedback uh, and letting the word work on us before we think it should be applied to other people mm. i mean that's a real classic isn't it i think as a speaker you need to be a person of integrity don't you, you need you need the word to work on you before it works on someone else and i think the longer that you're in ministry you listen to talks and you think oh i know who needs to hear
0: that <laughs> um
1: rather than thinking actually i need this to impact me before i could ever mm. i could ever talk about it um, and then i i love reading this from alistair beg uh, he's a, a kind of this idea of framework for preaching you might have seen on twitter mm. but he says think yourself empty read yourself full write yourself clear pray yourself hot be yourself and then forget yourself mm. um and then finally, of course, something we I think we just take for granted is pray. Uh, I recently heard someone say, we talk more to people about God than we do talk to God about people. Uh, and so are we praying for the people that we're preaching to? Are we are we, are we praying for ourselves? Uh, are we praying for our preparation? Like, we, we need to pray. And actually, by doing that, it reminds me of the first conviction I shared, which is, it's not about
0: me. Mm, brilliant. What strikes me as you kind of share those convictions is, a lot of them are actually probably the same sort of convictions you would have if it wasn't a youth talk, but just a I talk to adults or kids, so all yeah. the principles overlap, mm-hmm. um, and that's perhaps something which is surprising to many of our listeners, um, because perhaps one of the myths that we we believe about youth talks are altogether different from other talks in yeah, many true, ways. True. Uh, what are some of the other myths that you uh, would like to expose for us regarding <laughs> what people believe a youth talk should
1: be? Yeah, do um, you have to be funny? Yeah. So Matt say Phil, what's the secret to comedy? Say Phil, what's the secret to, Phil, com- what's the secret to timing? comedy? Timing. Um, and not, uh, not everyone uh, has that um, now some people can't always be as funny as me so what's the <laughs> what's the shortest man in the Bible? Nehemiah. Ah, uh, like, you, what's you. the person <laughs> who has uh, <laughs> So I'm going to just keep going now um, what is the person who doesn't have any children? Joshua son of none. Yeah. So, um,
0: like I'm living proof that
1: obviously some people are just naturally funny That's true. Um, but it's just through personality so if you're if you're actually not funny then don't try to force it. Mm. So, um, like young people can can spot a fake, they can spot a hypocrite, and so don't feel I probably just proved that actually you don't need to be funny <laughs> to do your thoughts. Um, second myth would probably be that you have to dumb it down. Yeah. And I I think now we're getting to the stage where we see eighteen year olds who are maybe struggling with their faith. I actually think we have to take blame in in that. In some in some cases, you know, we can be a bit naive. For example, uh, the average age of pornography is 10 or 11, um, which is frightening. Mm-hmm. And that's the average age. So there's people who are younger. And yet, for us in a, in a youth setting, we can kind of think, oh, well, I don't want to offend the parents. So, what? We'll maybe talk about that whenever they get to the age of 15. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually too late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to do damage control then rather than, you know, prevention's better than cure. So, you know, you have to put those things in. And, and a great piece of wisdom that I remember hearing is um, we need to give. Um, children and young people—big um, truths to grow into, rather than small, small truths to grow out of—and mm. um, so it's just really important that we we don't dumb it down. Like we, we still give them the, you know, the whole gospel. Mm. Um, uh, the next myth: you have to be down with the kids. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm just saying all these because I feel too old. <laughs> <laughs> um, the phrase down with the kids" is kind of one of those kind of ironic phrases. <laughs> yeah, that if you yeah, say yeah, you're definitely not yeah, down with yeah, the, the true, kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. there's, there's there's a guy called Sam Albury. Uh, and he in his testimony talks about how he, he was invited along to a church and he really wanted to experience, you know, the mm. the kind of forty year old youth pastor, he's trying to be <laughs> heavy, he kinda of wears the cap backwards, he's got the he spins the chair around <laughs> you know, what's up dog? One of those type of people. Um but actually he was he was confronted by an eighty year old man who just preached the gospel mm. and that's actually what, what Converted him, what what transformed him. Uh, we don't need to be down with the kids. And I think this is why I shared earlier about it's, it's the importance of God's word. That's what changes lives. It's not ours, so that's what we need to share. But it's also realizing that if God's word is truth, then it means that it is true for all people, all places, all <coughs> times in history. So recently I went um, to Naples with my wife. We were celebrating 10 years of being married. Um, but it's a really historic place. And uh, one of the things that just stuck with me is that thinking that the gospel is true here in this mm. other country in this other culture as much as it is in Carrickfergus, fergus to other far flung places like ballymena like mm-hmm. it's still it's still true um another myth you need more than the bible you need more than the bible so uh, you need those funny stories you need and there's an element where those kind of can can play a part but uh, john piper says uh, if when we preach people say the bible's boring it's because we're making it boring mm. And i think there is an aspect where we need it we need to think seriously about the way that we communicate and uh, deliver, sometimes we can go monotone, uh, we don't let it speak for ourselves, we think that we have to kind of jazz it up a wee bit um, and I think even we we don't consider how it should be read on its own, Yeah. so actually just just Bible reading, public Bible reading uh, again that's something that I've really been thinking about recently I'm at a, a recent event that I was speaking at someone came up and they just said, and it's just so encouraging because it was unprompted, but they said I really appreciate the way that you just read the text mm. now, obviously I would have rather they said I thought your illustration or your talk <laughs> was class, but I thought it was really important because there's just something about thinking through what is the flow of the passage? Where do I need to pause? Where do I need to mm. emphasize? What's the tone? All that's really important. Um, another myth is that people have to respond and they have to respond positively. So either you <laughs> you get someone who's become a Christian or someone who's like radically changed their life, that, that kind of that's what you need. Um, but people respond in different ways. So actually you might be speaking to a crowd and someone who, uh, yeah, someone who hates Christianity just hits it a little bit less. Mm-hmm. That's still, that's still a win. Um, and I was listening to a person recently and uh, they were talking about, we're called to be faithful. So whenever you hear, you know, Isaiah being told that he is called to preach the gospel, but no one's going to respond. Mm. Well, that's fairly discouraging, but actually what's the encouragement for his role, it was that I need to be faithful and in, mm-hmm. in communicating God's word. Um, and so don't need to be um, discouraged. And actually we never know where people are. You know, I think sometimes even what people say on the outside it sometimes doesn't communicate what's actually going on internally, and so we're just part of that that journey, um, that seed that's planted or watering. So one Corinthians three six to seven says, "I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made, uh, has been making it grow." Mm. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. You know, so for example, if you're if you're a, a witness in in court, you tell the truth. It's not mm. it's not up to you to convince the jury. Now the jury actually might listen to your story and still convict the person of saying they're guilty, but it's our role to be faithful. Mm. Um, and then on the other side of that, you know, it's not that we have to try and twist the truth to convince the jury, it's that we want to we tell the truth. Mm. That's that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be faithful.
0: Um, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, you've talked uh, a bit about, obviously, primarily we want to be faithful to the word. Yeah. Um, and you've also talked about uh, how we, there is an element of we need to be relevant in, in young people's lives. Give that great John Stock quote of, we'll hold the Bible in one hand, newspaper in the other hand. Talk to us a little bit about striking that balance between faithfulness on the one hand mm. and relevance on the other hand. Yeah. how do you how do you strike that balance? Or again, I do think it is a, funny. It's just
1: having a confidence in God's word. So in order to be eternally relevant, you need to deal with eternity, mm. um, and Scripture does that. So I actually think that these two things aren't disconnected. I don't think they're two separate things. I just think as Christians, we love extremes. Mm. So uh, what's more important, evangelism or discipleship? <laughs> uh, what's more important, God's love or God's wrath? Like we we want that. We want a camp. To yeah. go in, but actually, the Bible a lot of the time holds things in tension. Um, and I think you can hold faithfulness and relevance together as well. You know, you look at, at passages like Acts 17, um, in order to be relevant, he's being faithful. In order to be faithful, he's being relevant. You know, the kind of the two go hand in hand. Like, this is God's historic word. Like, people have tried to get rid of it, they've tried to burn it, they've tried to dis- disclaim it but it's still history's number one bestseller, like it's still around, mm. and it's always lasted, and that's because it's true. Yeah. Like 1 Peter 1, 23, 24 says, For you, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Um and I mentioned about extremes we need to know where we're prone to mm. go to those extremes so maybe you're someone who really loves the word and you're like well I you know, I just need to preach this I just need to do this and not worry about mm. you know culture and all that sort of stuff um, well you need to think about mm. you know you need to think about the other side of it or equally if you think you know well I need to really think about the audience but then you kind of forget about some of the key truths that need to be mm. mentioned you need to strike that balance and actually the Bible gives us examples of how that happens Acts 17 again mm. um, and so we need to be careful of.
0: our we're holding those intention, which isn't easy, it's difficult, yeah. but that's where the work comes in. Brilliant. Amazing. Kind of pulling some of all those things together, um, mm-hmm. I want to walk us through a bit of a case study. So okay. I want to imagine you um have been asked to give us a 20, 25 minute youth talk. Mm-hmm. Walk us through a little bit about what your journey of preparation would look like. Yeah,
1: I think the first thing is to ask whether it's, like, are you given the passage or whether mm. it's something you have to kind of start from, what do you prefer actually? I prefer being given a passage. Oh, 100%, so. 100%. Yeah. 100%. um <laughs> Spend 10 hours trying to pick one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I think asking those big questions beforehand, like I've mentioned before, even kind of, what's the situation I'm walking into? Mm-hmm. How long do you want to speak for, if it is 2025? Um, what's the passage? Uh, and then I, I just read it, simply just read it over a few times. And I love finding out about mm. a passage as long as possible in advance, yeah. because I let it kind of just sit with me, meditate. Mm. Sometimes, um, a good thing in time for me is in the shower, and you're like, ah, that's it. I thought about that <laughs> right, and then you go to your notes section on your phone, and you write something in. Um, but you're just constantly thinking about it and, and mulling it over. Um, but it starts with the passage. That's where the, the work has to come in. So I try to get down to well, what's the what's the one thing that I could communicate that would be really helpful for this? So. Mm-hmm. Say someone, like, you're walking out at the end of the night and everyone's walking past you and you're able to stop every single person and you're able to say, well, so what is the one thing you're taking away? Obviously, in every talk, there's going to be different things that are that mm. are pulled out. But you like to think there's one main thread that everyone is saying because mm. you're clear in your mind of what you're communicating. And so you have to work really hard to get to that point because um, everything is going to flow from that. Your illustration, your start, your finish, everything. Mm. Um, there's a guy called Tim Hawkins who's an Australian. You could die Mike uh, and he says this he says it's like driving a train you the bible teacher are like the train driver your job is to pick up the passengers at the station and deliver them to your destination but you need to know your destination so that's uh, your aim you need to know the best way to get there that's your bible teaching but you also need to know how to get the passengers on the train so he's come up with these kind of three different ways to get them on the train uh, uh, the hook the book and the took uh, so <laughs> what's the what's the hook what's the way in what's going to connect immediately with the people that you're going to talk to you. and you know they say that the first kind of 10 20 30 seconds is really important because people will be like do I need to listen to this guy or not um so what is what is the hook but again that flows out of the book so that flows out of the bible that mm-hmm. flows out of what what is the, the text that I'm actually gonna um explain here uh, and then linked with that is actually the look just so just sticks the rhyme stuff. Um, <laughs> is, what's, is there a visual? Is there something that I can leave with people that's really memorable and, and catchy? Not just for the sake of doing it, but actually something that's really helpful. And then the took. So like, at the end of your talk, ask so what? Like, mm. what is it? Like, so I've listened to this, big whip. Like, what's the difference? What difference is it going to make? Now, Tim Hawkins describes it as a train journey, but I've heard other people describe it as a song. And actually, your main point is the, the chorus. That you mm-hmm. need to keep going back to again and again um, and actually you want everyone to be singing off the same hymn sheet at the end uh, so good. thanks um, and <laughs> but everything flows so once I, I kind of have that that one sentence uh, I look at some of the the commentaries to help me and um, there's some great free ones online actually from old scholars here worth reading Charles Spurgeon the preacher's preacher John Calvin Matthew Henry C.S. Lewis and to hear them and just say obviously go to bookshops and buy that are today as well but um, just what are the helpful points or the things that you're missing? Is there mm. technical points that you need to look at and even understand, not necessarily even share, but that you need to understand from the text. Uh, and then I'd write out a draft, I write out uh, time is important and uh, God hasn't gifted me the way that he's gifted Matt Campbell, which is very <laughs> annoying sometimes. Um, and the first draft is usually too long. Um, and sometimes I need to go through it again and say, well, what am I putting in to Sound Too Fancy? Mm. And again, come back to that conviction, it's not about me, so
0: what's actually helpful to the audience that I'm speaking to, mm. um, yeah. Brilliant. As we kind of wrap start to wrap things up, what are, if you had to give some top tips on improving your youth talks if there's someone listening and they want to think, I just want to improve, what are some of your top tips to help them? Get feedback. Mm. That's really difficult and you have to go into a talk
1: being willing to ask for feedback, but not willing to ask for feedback so that you get the it was amazing like you <laughs> smashed it and you're like oh thanks on who no, stop but actually well you could have improved it this way like I always remember uh, we used to do preaching workshops when on my apprenticeship and I still remember there's a guy uh, and he was up and he was speaking um, but, but as he was speaking he was kind of stepping from side to side like this so yeah. one of the guys got up and just grabbed his feet and said you're making me seasick <laughs> um, which, which is quite memorable and probably quite scathing but actually yeah. that person's not going to forget that and they're going to yeah. say right I need to actually even the way that I stand is really important and mm. So, I think it's, it's helpful to, to get feedback. Uh, and from a delivery point of view, I actually think it's one of the, the least talked about mm. areas of, of a youth talk. Uh, obviously, 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 content is so, so key and so important, but sometimes we spend all our time in preparation and getting to the point where we have the script and know what we're going to say, mm. but we don't actually practice it, we don't rehearse it, we don't speak it out loud, and then all of a sudden we're put in a situation yeah. and it can be really difficult or we, we, kinda, we lose confidence. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a program about Tommy Cooper uh, the comedian, and his preparation was just so incredible. Like down to the to the like in his notes, it would say things like "glance to the left." You know, like he wow. he, he would have such detail, and I thought, how do I do that mm. much detail with talks I'm going to do now? Obviously, that's very difficult for someone who's giving a talk every single week, week in, week out. Yes. But if you're doing a youth talk once a once a month or whatever it might be, um, or in the summer, is that is that a time where you're able to really practice, mm. like really get it done, and then practice and think about delivery it's even asking things like do you have a preaching voice Mm. do you have a preaching voice I do yeah Yeah. I I think so unfortunately (laughs) yeah yeah. but even for example knowing that about yourself is really important isn't Mm -hmm. it and knowing where you emphasize or do you go up or do you go down or Mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, speaking at one of my first weekends and there's a very helpful friend who uh, recorded one of the talks and he got to the end and he says do you know that you speak in a rhythm i said what do you mean and he goes you go da 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 da," and i thought no i don't like he's just winding me up and then he hit play on the recording i didn't even realize he was recording yeah. and i just heard it for myself and it's like <laughs> oh wow and that that's can can seem at the time gutting because you're yeah. like oh that's not good communication but getting that feedback is just so so key mm. Uh and then from a delivery point of view i know if i don't have notes mm that in those awkward gaps, I will say eh, uh, mm. um, all the time, and it irritates me. And then, I've been doing the whole way through this podcast, I've been going, mm hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Plus get an anger and anger. <laughs> uh, I think, get a good wife. My wife certainly keeps me humble, so everyone else can be like, thanks, fellas. you know, I really, really appreciate your impression. It's <laughs> like, mm, you fumbled here, or uh, that point wasn't clear enough, or yeah. uh, so that can be helpful. But just experience, like, just keep learning, never lose that. My old boss, Helen, always said, um, wear your L plate with pride. Uh, and I think that's that's true. You know, I'm involved in, in NEMA, the Northern Iron Ministry Assembly. In the past, we've tried to run like preaching workshops to get people along to, uh, to come get feedback. Now, it's not obviously just for people who are new to speaking. It's people who have been, you know, speaking for 10, 20, 30 years. And actually that can be really difficult to bring people along to an event like that because they're like, I kind of feel like I should know what I'm doing and I don't don't want to put myself up to that scrutiny because what if, what if something's wrong but actually that's not the way we should be thinking, again it's not about us, we want to communicate God's word well and so we need to be
0: willing to to carry that with us uh, because we're never the finished article. Brilliant. Finally, then, mm-hmm. Mr. Resources for Scripture Union. Yeah. I, I hate this question, so this is why we've got you on <laughs> the podcast to answer it. Good, Okay, please, uh, please. Any tips on resources for delivery, whether that be good content to help your content of your talk mm-hmm. or delivery of your talk? Yeah. what would you advise? I may ask you. What about you? <laughs> just to, uh, what <laughs> we just the, cut, we cut the camera and start again. Yeah,
1: uh, there's. I think there's. There's loads for content, um, and there's loads of helpful commentaries depending on the passage that you're that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I think we, we need to get that content right, otherwise actually there's no point in communicating. There's people out there who are really brilliant communicators but they communicate nothing, you yeah. know, and so I'd rather I'd rather be half decent at communicating truth yeah. than really good at communicating nothing. So yeah. um, there's books like Preaching by Tim Keller, you know, for me it's more than just a preaching guide, actually, it's just a brilliant book that mm. if you're a Christian, read it. Like it's just yeah. really helpful on the importance of the gospel. Um, Sam Neuricus, he's the bloke that fell out the, window Uh, and so uh, it's a great title isn't it it's (laughs) brilliant but again it's really helpful and it's quite practical as well and in the layout of the of a a talk and now they're more talking about a sermon but actually it can be really helpful and then just thinking about um yeah tim hawkins again he's got a book called message that moves that's what that kind of stuff was talking about and then even for some of you guys who are listening and you kind of do some children's talks as well there's a guy called terry clutterham who has a, a book called the adventure begins which is really good um, I also hear that there's a, a new podcast from uh, Baptist Youth mm. that has like loads of like training talks Brilliant. and it's out on YouTube and all. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Sounds good. Tell yeah, me yeah. more, Phil. Yeah. There's a guy called Matt Campbell. <laughs> oh, and, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's good places to go as well. So there's websites you can go to, uh, one that I think is really helpful. Uh, it's an Australian one, but it's called fervor.net, F-E-R-V-E-R.net. It's helpful. It's written for young people. There's articles, there's videos uh, and that type of thing when I think about delivery, like how to help people with delivery, mm. there's not a lot of resources yeah. out there, and that's that's difficult. I think we want to be clear on, on the gospel and biblical truth for ourselves. Um, so the greatest resource, uh, you might think this is just cliche, but it's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? As, mm. as uh, we are opened up to the, and, and, and he illuminates the truth of God's word for us. You know, God's word is living, it's active, but that means we need to read it, we need to invest in it. And uh, the hard part comes whenever we, Need to think about language that's appropriate so uh, albert einstein says this he says everything should be made as simple as possible but not simpler and he also says if you can't explain it simply then you don't understand it well enough mm. um you know so actually for me as a, a dad of two boys you know we six and four it's great reading through stuff like the jesus storybook bible or god's big picture bible and hearing these concepts actually explain simply um you know because people are becoming more and more biblically literate and i know that even from a number of years ago what i would have delivered the content that I've tried to cram in is getting less and less mm-hmm. um probably I try to cram in probably too much If so that's probably feedback for myself but even what do we expect from the mm-hmm. people who are listening um and then even how we get people to engage you know the importance of asking questions the importance of thinking about language that is appropriate at their level of the people that we're seeking to engage with so there's not confusion between message sent and message received so we think we're communicating really clearly but actually they hear something completely different mm-hmm. um to think in how is what I'm gonna say gonna be heard. And then just the greatest resource is as God as he works in you as, he, as you actually have the confidence to even just have conversations yeah. with other people to figure out language. You know, if you are a, a youth volunteer actually talking with young people and saying, you know, what do you think about this as an illustration? Or, you know, you're trying to wrestle with stuff yourself, you know, learning from that, getting feedback. and mm. um, even if you're a youth worker trying to give feedback and and trying to encourage that culture. But even things like like a preaching workshop so inviting people who maybe do like there are people out there who do want to -hmm. to learn to speak they want opportunities that's the only reason why I started to get into it because people are like here do you want to have a go at it and sort of try those out but in a safe space in a safe environment where it's okay and people realize what they're getting themselves into mm-hmm. so it's not just you're coming to speak so i can give it my an ego because i know more knowledge than you but actually how do we communicate god's word better so i know that i've even taken that on from my apprenticeship into things like leading the summer team so beforehand actually getting everyone to give their talk so the team knows what's coming up to know what questions are come like that might come out of it but equally for the person to get confidence as well um yeah so again it gets to focus on the preaching god's word and, and not on us
0: brilliant That's us for episode three. Phil, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Some really helpful content there. Uh, So make sure you check out all the other podcasts um, on YouTube, CastBox or iTunes, and stitch in for next week's episode where we'll have Pete Wright talking about Bible-centred youth ministry. Catch you soon. Thank you.